episode 35 of the podcast here we are it's been a while uh coach ball game coach chop we're here and sorry we've we've been mia um the summer uh, has a wild schedule lots of summer camps for for bearded uh, folk like us but here we are buddy it's good to see you on july 5 2022 yeah. how you doing Great. Episode 35. That's number 35's nickname in this household. So that's Bo Chop's nickname. Love to see that. Doing great. Yeah, just uh, working up a storm, but it's super fun. It's, you know, it's always fun to be busy. So it's great. And uh, just pouring into the youth of our communities. And uh, it's fun. I love it. I know we haven't been able to see each other or chat for about a month, but we've been doing other things that are necessary, impactful to, to the kids in our, in our communities. Uh, let, let's go to you first. Uh, how was your camp? Uh, how many kids? How did it feel going in, during, and after? It was great. We partnered with uh, U.S. Baseball Academy. So they, uh, they do camps nationwide. And it was cool. He just like cold called me out of the blue. And uh, he said, hey, do you want to partner up and, and run a camp. And uh, I was like, yeah, you don't know, but I've been running camps for like 25 years. So um, yes. And he sent me an itinerary and, and uh, some good stuff on there, but also, you know, like, it's like if someone told you how to run a camp, you would thank them for their, uh, for their advice. And, uh, and then you would run it the, the, the way you've learned the way it should be run. So um, it was great. Now you have issues here with heat. So one thing I did was every 15 minutes, I've got the ability to turn the sprinklers on with my phone, which yes. is cool. So even during like Wiffle Ball World Series, I would hit them with the sprinklers and they would just keep playing about every 15 minutes. We'd give them a quick shot of, uh, of water. And that was really awesome. But really the good Lord bless us. It was not that hot relative to Tucson. We were, we went from 730 in the morning to one and it never got over a hundred, which is great. It sat in like the low nineties for a high. And the first two hours, it was like in the from 75 to 85. So we were very fortunate. Al, uh, it was it was great. Outstanding, man. Uh, what would you say were your kids' favorite aspects of the camp? And, and I know you, you, you spoke of like uh, seeing the itinerary of an outside source, but then running it the way you know to run it. I, I'm the same way. Like, just let me run the show. Let me be the master of ceremonies and, and do my thing. Um, I, I, I just love, I, I, that's my comfort zone. What was the, what was the highlights for these kids? So we changed the, uh, we changed the groups every day, the stations and, uh, and we didn't do a ton of stations. I've learned that from you. We, we really did a lot of scrimmages. Um, and that was super fun. And you build in teachable moments for coaches that are going to be running camps out there. You try to have it run as real to a baseball game as possible, even though it's a wiffle ball or a tennis ball. Um, but get them in their real positions and then you can still teach them. I like what you do when you set up cones too, of where they're supposed to stand with the younger kids, which I love that. Um, for any of you that haven't seen coach ball games, you've got videos on YouTube too, of how to kind of run a good practice, a youth where you set up cones for each kid, like even in the dugout for safety, love, love the, your, your use of cones. Um, but yeah, their favorite thing was I had a home run derby station, which was really cool. Nice. So, yeah, so we set up with uh, with wiffle balls and cones at an appropriate distance. And then uh, it was the previous day it was a bunting station. And then I taught them, you know, the next day of how to bun, which is don't step one and step two hit a dinger. So we switched it to a to a home run derby, which was great. And they loved it. 
Uh, and then obviously the wiffle ball world series takes the cake. And then the last day we did a, like a real big water day where we did slip and slide and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, it was great. We had about 50 kids out there, had 13 coaches, um, which is a crazy good span of control number, as you know. Uh, and my coaches were outstanding. They were just super good. Um, the, one of the only rule I had was no phones for them. Yeah. And then uh, Coach Debbie ran warmups. And so for that first hour, she was kind of getting him in the right frame of mind. Uh, we talked to our coaches about always phrasing things positively uh, and just having energy and encouraging. Uh, and it was great. They did a tremendous job uh, top to bottom. And uh, it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of positive feedback. And we're doing another camp at the end of this month in July, which will be great. And we've got 27 kids signed up and uh, get it, probably get it to 40, maybe 50. And that'll be great. That's kind of a perfect number uh, just to kind of control, and especially with the space of having one field. Um, those of you been to coach ball games camps in Tustin, you've got a huge space. So you can handle bigger numbers just with that uh, over there in Tustin. Yeah, but. buddy. Well, uh, it's a topic I wanted to hit, which is uh, assistant coaches and junior coaches. And I think these camps, um, are super impactful for the kids, obviously. I run ages 4 to 12, but just as much for the assistant coaches. And I'm fortunate enough to run these camps mostly in Orange County, but all over the country. And so I'm finding boots on the ground uh, in these towns to find me high-character middle school and high school um, kids that that don't have to know baseball. And, and I've run into it a little bit where I've had to have some – uh, heart to hearts with a lot of my junior coaches where, um, you know, we're running camps in Tustin, 125 kids. We, that, that, that is now our max number. Um, uh, and that means I need at least 20 coaches at, at minimum, just to, like you said, have scrimmages going uh, eight different scrimmages. I think I'm going to steal your home run derby with wiffle balls, by the way, that's going to be a station for sure. Um, and, and I got to have coaches that have energy. And, and, and uh, I think when you get to a certain age, 13, 14, 15, there's this lie. There's this trap that you fall into as, as a young adult. Um, let's just, uh, cool means to be understated. Like let's understate everything. Let's move slowly. Let's look at our phones. Let's be too cool for school the term is and try hard the term is try hard you don't want to be a try hard oh you guys a try hard no he just has energy and he works hard yeah yeah it's going to lead energy. to being successful exactly <laughs> the high energy so yeah. i it's something across the whole country where i think you know ipads and phones might have something to do with it but it is hard to find that uh high energy teenager uh that you can you, you don't have to explain to them, you know, these kids are watching every move you make. And when you look at a phone or when you um, when when you're not coaching, let's say it's a snack break and you're chatting about something PG-13 rated, they're going to notice it. They're going to see it and, and they're uh, they're going to think that's OK. It's OK to walk slowly to a team meeting. It's OK to move slowly. It's OK to just kind of mail it in and be on your phone and. I have to have these talks with these with these middle and high schoolers, and I don't take it lightly because I think it's really really important to teach these teenagers this is how it goes. This is the real world, 
and they, they do volunteer hours, but then I start paying them. And I say to make $10 an hour, uh, you have to, you have to try really hard to, uh, to, to have energy. Cause I don't, I, I want you all on my staff, but I don't need y'all. Um, and I'm going to find that next 13 year old that has more energy. So, um, what are some things you're looking for chopper when, when, when you're hiring that staff of coaches that, that can engage 50, 60, 120, five, six, seven-year-olds? So I'm lucky because I have my high school kids and I have my kids that I've coached for years. Uh, so they're club. dialed into your vernacular. Well, they know what's expected of them. Um, and I still remind them right before camp, but I, basically they've been vetted, right, for for years now and I know who I want and who I don't want and I'm lucky the kids that are in my circle I want all of them but we still have to have that talk of like you said the kids are always watching you in everything that you do and really it comes down to a safety issue at times too and there's Wolf of Ball World Series going on and there's bats and balls and all kinds of stuff like you've got to be dialed in and focused because one wrong move and it goes from fun to fear and injury and a hospital visit and it's a problem, right, with a, with a bat. So I'm huge on bats below the waist and stuff like that. But if your kids aren't dialed in, and I've seen it at camps where I'm watching another camp and there's a lot going on and there's a head coach who's relying on a junior coach and that junior coach just isn't aware of his surroundings and there's something dangerous going on, whether it's fighting or kicking or someone with a bat, right? So you've got to be aware of these things as a coach. And you can't take it lightly. You got to have high energy. You got to be situationally aware. You have to anticipate uh, something that could go wrong because this is supposed to be a fun experience. Yep. And, uh, that's that's I, what I, I do. I love it. And I'm the same way. Once my uh, kids have been through my camp for six years and they turn 13, they're the first ones I call. Hey, do you want to come be a coach? Because they get it. They, they've heard me preach this to other assistant coaches for the last decade. Um, but then the newcomers, maybe somebody who hasn't been to my camp before, uh, it's a, it's a quick learning curve. The two things I'm really looking for, um, can you command in a way that's positive? Can you command without, uh, without the negative, uh, mean energy, right? And, uh, two, can you engage, uh, can you, can you be personable, to see a kid arrive on a Monday morning, they don't know where they are or what they're doing. And you can say, hey, dude, what's your nickname? What, what did you have for breakfast? Let me show you where you put your bag and just have that, um, that, that personable atmosphere, that, that, that energy that, that's gonna create this atmosphere for the kid. Okay, I, I think I feel welcome here. I feel happy. Um, and then, yeah, if there's a third, just aware, aware of all the, the safety issues that are necessary. So, I mean, I ask a lot of my coaches, I know I do. Um, and a lot of times I'm really pushing that envelope, like how firm do I need to be with this 15 year old kid, you know, before I'm, I'm asking too much of them. So I'm always towing that line, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely much more firm with my assistant coaches. I also don't want to be passive aggressive with them. Like these kids are watching what you do way more than they hear what you say. So they, they, they watch you move quickly from place to place and they'll do that. They watch you have 
joyful, positive energy, and they'll do that, right? So a lot of these things that are visible are way more clear in a kid's brain than, than what's audible. So I yeah, like the age too. It, I like you going to 12. We had, this camp was like five, no, seven to 15 or something. And those, yeah. the 13 and 14 year olds, they do not want to be there and they see these right. younger kids. And so they're just like, right away, they've got a sour attitude. And, and we had a real issue with a, with a 13 year old that was stealing from the younger kids and just had no business being out there and uh, had to talk to him every single day of a four day camp. And it was a problem. And then come down to it at the end of camp, his mom comes out because he's telling a different story when he gets home about how he was picked on and this, that by the coaching staff. And you know how myself and Debbie interact with kids and it's never picking on them. It's like, come on, dude, attitude and effort and treat people the right way. Um, and giving him another chance and another chance and another chance. And uh, he tried to record the conversation with his phone behind his back while we were talking to him and his mom, which was amazing. It's like, wow, uh, this is great. And please share the recording because all we were yes. saying is like, hey, we believe in you and we believe you can do the right thing, but you have to start making better decisions. And uh, yeah. he was probably disappointed with the recording because all it was was us still trying to love him and pour into him and say, hey, you're not lost, but these decisions are going to lead to, I mean, that's stealing. That, that leads to you going to jail someday. You know, it's petty crime. Yeah. Um, and, and unless you're in the right city, you get prosecuted for that. So uh, yep. it was it was tricky, but it is what it is. And I think I love that you said that you cap it at 12 years old. Uh, and I think we're going to use that moving forward because that 12 year olds, they're all in bright eyed. And then it kind of goes over the hill from like absorbing everything you're telling them and loving it. And it's the best experience of their whole entire life to I'm too cool for this. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a great yeah. cycle to see, uh, to see them graduate. And uh, I've been running camps in North Carolina now for six years. So I've seen kids go from the age of six to 12 this year, where now they graduated. You know, I got, got a few of those kids, Frog Investigator and Arcade Fire, yes. uh, who are now 12 years old. And, and we gave them a little graduation ceremony and they're so jazzed to be a coach next year. And man, you talk about seeing a community thrive. Uh, turn these six-year-olds into 13-year-old coaches and, and have them carry on this idea. We're going to keep score of your character uh, and we're going to keep score of how much joy you have. And then, you know, as far as, as, far as runs and hits and, and errors, no. So um, we're, yeah. hey, we're, we're quick, quick addition to that because you're right, keeping track of character. We had one 14-year-old nicknamed Marsh and he got like my overall highest character award. He was like basically a coach, you know, encouraging other kids. When a kid dropped his hat, he ran over and picked it up for him without being asked. Uh, great kid. It blew me away. And I was pumped because he's like, thanks, coach. I'm, I'm going to be a freshman next year in your, in your high school baseball program. And I was like, man, like the highest character kid I've ever seen. It was pretty cool. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll, I'll end with this, like body language. I think body language is, is super important for one of these junior coaches. And, and I tell it to the players as well. Like those high school coaches, those college coaches, those pro scouts, they're there because you're good. They already know you're good. They're looking at your body language. How do you go from place to place? How do you move uh, after you fail? How do you turn the page after a, a strikeout? Um, they're looking at that body language. So that, that's what kids look at when they're looking at, you know, these six, seven-year-olds, they look at these 13-year-olds as heroes. heroes. They really do. Yeah. And, and they watch everything you do. And if you're just goofing off in the middle of, of a, 
of a station where it needs to have energy and focus, they're going to do the same thing. So um, it, it's two pronged. You're teaching the kids, but I think even more importantly, you're teaching these young teenagers how to be good people because they're the ones that are uh, really getting tempted to make some bad choices. Uh, and they're, they're going to start driving cars and having a lot more freedom. So um, I, I, I love that, 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 cycle of, of seeing kids turn into coaches. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I also love this cycle of seeing kind of the message me and you have, have just preached for the last year, getting into the hands of, of other coaches. And, and I think our last episode, episode 34, got a lot of great feedback of uh, the principles and, and values that we look at for a good coach. And so many people reached out and said, that was an awesome episode, that, that last episode we did, which was about a month ago. So I think this break has given people a chance to catch up on some of the episodes they didn't hear. Some people, you know, that I, I meet them in Chicago or North Carolina, and they're like, wait, you had Mookie Betts on your podcast? Like, yeah, go back and listen. Um, so uh, the summers are kind of a, a break for our pod. And for you listeners uh, that have gone all the way through and listened to all of them, thank you. We'll, we'll jump headfirst back in in September, but we've got some things to get done over the summer. Um, before I, I kind of recap my summer, um, next week is uh, the Bear River City, Utah Sandlot. Let's coach Texie and Coach Jamie are starting their own coach ballgame Sandlot, and they've let this thing rip. They've got a at Utah Sandlot Instagram page and their, um, you know, their own channel and they're making videos and they're getting the word out and they've got that chip on their shoulder. They've parented their own kids through travel ball. They've seen the toxicity. They, they, they want to do something about it. And so they, uh, they start next week and they're just going to do a three week Sandlot uh, there in Utah and super pumped that they're they're my template i'm gonna use them as my homework as as other coaches want to start doing their own sand lots and uh, they're gonna they're gonna have a bigger sand lot than me before you know it i mean these gals are getting after it but i'm just super pumped that um they've listened to every podcast and, and it fired them up and uh and they're they're ready their tool pouches are full so um, good on you, man, and and, uh, and good on Tommy Gold for cranking these podcasts out. It has inspired uh, a, a nation full of um, full of coaches, positive, high energy, character focused coaches. This is what we need. We need more of them, and the kids are counting on us. And the way you do anything is the way you do everything, right? Like the way I'm trying to make sure our field's dialed in, and and you want to exude excellence. That's your goal. So these kids, they're looking at everything. And when they show up in the, the grass is mowed and it's green and it's like, okay, we're not messing around here. Right. So as coaches, and I ran into a really awesome coach. We played in a, a tournament a few weeks back and I took pictures of the grass. It was insanely beautiful. And uh, I was just blown away, you know, in summertime in Mesa, Arizona, this was the greenest, most lush grass you've ever going to see dialed in with lines mowed with a, golf course quality lawnmower. And I, and I saw the coach and I'm like, Hey coach, man, gosh, great job on this grass. He's like, yeah, thank you. I poured in like eight grand to this field and like took it from nothing to this beautiful middle school field. It's amazing. 
And he's like, yeah, man, I just care. You know? So like for us as coaches, as adults, we have to care. And, and if you don't care, then these kids are going to go to a field that stinks and they're not going to care. And then we're just kind of just passing along this nonchalant, nothing matters attitude, you know? Um, so coaches, you got to care, care about yeah. the kid, care about what you're doing. So I love to prepare. I get there at 6 a.m. That's three hours before camp starts because there's a lot of cones that have to be set up and uh, a lot of bases. I'm going to be running eight different sandlight games at one time. So um, I, I don't want kids just running around like cats and butterflies. It, you know, I, I need I need it to be uh, structured and structure's key. So uh, care, get there early coaches and uh, and make it happen. Um, before we get to some MLB standings, because I, I definitely want to get into the all-star uh, game voting a little bit. Um, I, my summer's been wild. You know, we did uh, two weeks of summer camp in Tustin, California here. And then I went to uh, Detroit with MLB. Um, my first gig with them running play ball camps. And we did a camp at, um, at one of the five remaining Negro League stadiums still standing in Hamtramck, awesome. Michigan where Turkey Stearns played lots of baseball and Satchel Paige and Josh Gibson and, you know, Jackie Robinson has been there and we're out there with these kids uh, in Detroit and they, they're like coach ball game. Here's the microphone, do your thing. And it was like, man, this is heaven right here. And uh, you know, I got to tell the Roberto Clemente story. I, afterwards I'm like I bet Turkey Stearns and Roberto are up there watching right now and they're smiling let's give them an attaboy um but afterwards MLB was like that's exactly what we need we need this we've been missing this and I'm like well me and my buddy Chopper we've been talking about this for a year now about this is the kind of coaches we need it needs to be structured you need to be engaging to these kids um and teach them to love the game and you're you're going to teach them to love the game if you're interested in them, interested in their uh, what they care about, what they do. So I just engaged them, gave them all nicknames, gave them baseball cards, uh, and asked trivia questions, and then we cranked it up. So um, my uh, my next gig with them will be the All Star Game in LA, which is going to be lit because they're building. Um, a play ball park in downtown LA by Staples Center. And then they're building a play ball park on the beach in Santa Monica, just wow. south of the Santa Monica pier. So um, I think a lot of it's going to be free play. So any LA residents come on down. That's going to be uh, July 16, 17. Then you got the Derby on the 18th and the all-star game on the 19th. Um, but we're going to get after it. And, and I'm going to be running camps that week in Tustin and I'll drive up to LA and do that thing. Um, but I'm fired up for uh, the next four weeks here in Orange County, California. And then me and the girls go on our tour. We'll head to Milwaukee, Madison, Iowa, St. Lou, uh, doing another sandlot with the Pujols Family Foundation nice. on August 15 for the Down Syndrome community, which is so great. Then we hit Nashville. Uh, the Little League World Series. I'll do a play ball event there. And then we'll close up August with Jersey, uh, Atlanta, Savannah, 
Athens, and then up to South Carolina in Tiga Cay in Columbia, South Carolina. So if you're in any of these areas, uh, come on out and, and volunteers welcome. You know, I think it's just as much for the parents and, and prospective coaches as it is for the kids, because you're the ones going to be coaching in those communities. You're the one yeah. that, that could really use these resources and, and they're there for you. So uh, as far as where I've been so far in North Carolina and, and elsewhere, man, I've leaned on my boots on the ground. They've been awesome. And they've found high character coaches for me to, you know, to assist me and they found fields and they've gotten the word out and pretty cool to go to like Asheville, North Carolina for the first time. And, you know, my boots on the ground, his dad owns an ice cream shop in that town, you know, and, and, and this is a, a, a dad that watched his son play through college, played through pro ball and, and he just couldn't retire. He's like, I, I need to be out. I need to be uh, creating joy. And the way we create joy is on a baseball field. And he's like, I've never seen somebody eat ice cream and not be happy. Yeah. So that's his, that's his space. Uh, so to, to hang out with, with, you know, folks in all these different communities that are trying to impact others. Um, it's been great seeing a, a lot of these parents come to these sandlots or these camps and talk about this podcast and how it's really helped them. Um, they, they've changed their, their approach uh, to, to coaching and they send it to all their friends. Um, these guys are doing it differently. Now, with that said, I'm still hearing a lot of crazy stories about uh, parents um, going nuts on their kids in the dugouts and umpires having to call the game because of literal physical abuse. And it, that will, I don't think it's never going to stop but I think we can put a rock in those people's shoes, man. Yeah. Uh, I see it. I see it when I'm coaching in these tournaments. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a misconception of what matters when it comes to 13 and 14 year olds and like, you know, you're not winning or you're going to lose. Okay. Like, great. What can they learn from it? Like, how can you use it as something that they can become better for? on and off the field. And as a parent or a coach, if you're screaming at kids, um, you're going to put them on their heels. And like you always say, they're going to lose their joy for the game and they're not going to want to do it anymore. And usually that yelling and screaming comes from a love of the game or a love for the kid. We're just doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, and so what I'm, what I ask of my assistant coaches and, and I see them, I see these 17 year olds trying to command a group of seven year olds and they're like, run, run, go hustle. And I'm like, okay, I see the, the heart is there, but they've turned you off. You've got to, you've got to build them up first with a, this is what I like. This is what I'm seeing that I love now. This is what we can do better at, right? And then that second time around, maybe it's a little more firm. And then that third time around, hey, kid, it's time to step it up. Uh, I, I'm done giving you any more positive reinforcement. It's, it's time to go. But you've got to earn their respect. You've got to turn their ears on by building them up first and engaging them with, a, I love the footwork. Um, I, love, I love your joy. I love your energy. Uh, here's where it's misplaced. Here's how we can fix it. So, um, And ask a question. If, yeah. if a kid, like you, we've talked about on this podcast, if a kid, you say, hey, come on, Jimmy, let's go. Let's go, Jimmy. Third time, Jimmy. And then all of a sudden, stop. Jimmy, what's up? What's going on? Are you okay? Yeah. No, I'm not. This happened or that happened. And then all of a sudden, it changes into pouring into Jimmy's heart 
and helping him through a tough spot instead of piling on and making it worse because something outside of that camp or that practice is affecting him, obviously. So as coaches, be in tune. Like they're, they, the kid may not come out and say it, but he'll say it with his body language and his actions that something else is going on and you can just check in. And sometimes you check in and they say, no, nothing's going on. And it's like, okay, Jimmy, well, let's go. You got 30 more minutes. Let's finish on a high note. Um, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that uh, from some of my coaches and that's just straight instinct. Like I, I didn't teach him that. I just see them slow everything down and, and meet one child out of 20 on their own sandlot field uh, for, for a minute and just tie their shoe, really get to the bottom of what's going on. And I love that. And that's where my assistant coaches teach me slow down, make sure you're, you're hitting those hearts. So that's good, man. Um, Well, MLB, our preseason picks for uh, the World Series were the Dodgers over the Blue Jays. It was unanimous. Do you still uh, think that's going to happen? If not, um, who's your World Series champs right now? Uh, uh, I mean, I'm biased. Uh, so it's either Dodgers or Giants, uh, for me, probably for the foreseeable future, just with the relationships I have with those organizations. And since the Dodgers are, I think, nine games ahead of the Giants right now, I'll still take the Dodgers. And Blue Jays are what in second or third right now behind the juggernaut Yankees. Yeah, let's let's down to uh, Pull that up. to the standings here. I, I, I've been able to do my MLB recap once yeah. in the past month, but I did it yesterday. I, I've got this week off to kind of reboot um, yep. and do some packing because the lows are moving uh, to the to a house. We actually bought a house, so let's uh, go. We'll be doing that. But standings go uh, uh, Milwaukee up three games in the NL Central. The Mets up three and a half in the NL East. The Dodgers. Four and a half up on the pods in the NL West. You got the Yanks, 13, 13 games up on the Red Sox. Uh, the Twins, three and a half up on the Guardians. And uh, Houston, 13 and a half up in the West. As far as the wild card uh, goes, you've got uh, the Braves, Padres, and Cardinals for those three wild card spots right now. Philly and San Fran outside looking in. Uh, in the American League, Red Sox. Blue Jays raised uh, three wow. wild card spots with the Guardians uh, outside looking in. So, AL East, I mean, AL East is is very strong, uh, and then the NL East is very top heavy with the Mets and Braves. Uh, I mean, it, if if you ask me right now, I'd say the Astros are going to win it all. Wow. I, I think you've got the Yankees are the popular pick right now. They got the best record in baseball. They're um they're they're unbelievable in every stat but uh watching the Astros play the Yankees uh seven times in the past couple of weeks Houston's got the pedigree and they've made five straight ALCSs and when it gets down to it and yeah I could see those two teams facing off you never know what will happen in a division series with the Red Sox or uh the Blue Jays but I feel like it's Yanks Astros uh, in the ALCS. Man, you got to knock those guys off before. What's before their record? What's the Astros' record against the Yankees the last seven games? You said they played them recently. 
Uh, yeah, uh, it, I believe it's four to three. Um, okay. Yeah, they they split yeah. a four gamer, and then uh, Astros the got two out, of three. two out of three. So, hey, I, I would I like love it. a Yankees Dodgers World Series. I would absolutely love it. But Verlander with the Fountain of Youth and and that entire pitching staff, the Astros lead baseball and team ERA right now. You have uh, a face Verlander. I did. I did face Justin Verlander. Uh, I think my favorite coach ball game stories. You'll need to listen to the Alex Avila podcast to hear that story. Hashtag uh, dry heave. Um, But yeah, I, 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 as far as the national league, it's, it's Mets Dodgers uh, in the NLCS Astros Yankees. I don't think anybody would argue with that. I guess the Braves, are hot on the Mets tail, uh, but you haven't seen much Scherzer and you've seen zero to Grom. That's crazy yeah. to me about the Mets, like how well they played. And you know, when you see seasons and when teams have all these, they've had these late inning comebacks, like there's just something about it where it's like, Oh, that team, that, that chemistry, Buck Showalter's doing a great job. They've got something where there's no quit. And when you have a major league team with no quit, that's a special season and a special team. And that, there's power in that where you can just steal victories from your opponent by just your ability to not give up and stay in the moment and stay positive and not give into the pressure of like, dang, we blew a lead or dang, we're going to lose or dang, we're playing, we're facing insert an elite closer is one of the best pitchers in the world, but you find a way to win those games and grind it out, man, like it's a fun, it's fun to go to work at the yep. major league level when you've got that. That's like what the giants had last year. It's true. They, it's so fun. It's like an immunity. It's an immunity to injury. Like you're immune to your best players going on the IL and man, uh, say what you want about Houston, but they've, they've lost a lot of great players in the past five years that have gone on to other teams and there they are just standing. So uh, it's impressive to those teams. Yeah. Those teams that have the ability to absorb you know, losing a stud, like the Rays do it every year, I feel like, right? Like where they're, okay, well, we're going to trade away this guy or that guy or, you know, but it's because they know they've got another dude coming up and from AAA that they can pay the league minimum to and he can still dominate. Wander mm-hmm. Franco, uh, that kid they brought up when they traded Austin Meadows. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Shane McClanahan, oh, you, you, they trade uh, Blake Snell. And everyone's like, what are they doing trading Blake Snell? Well, that's their MO. Well, yeah, but they have Shane McClanahan in the wings, who's Blake Snell 2.0. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's also been fun to see the all-star voting. And Jordan, man, right now, Jordan uh, is my front runner for MVP uh, in, in the AL. And you also got Aaron Judge, who's just having an unbelievable year as well I, I think it's it's gone from Aaron Judge to Shohei to Jordan and and those three might be duking it out but uh, in the American League for the all-star game the the uh, top five uh, votes went to Aaron Judge Mike Trout George Springer Giancarlo Stanton and Gurriel Jr. for Toronto Toronto represented well uh, in the all-star voting third base you got J Ram and Devers both I mean, having unbelievable years. Devers is leading baseball and hits, and um, J Ram, he's been just 
nuts all year. At shortstop, Bo Bichette and Tim Anderson. Second base, you got Altuve and Espinal. At first base, Vladdy and Ty France. Uh, and then the, the catchers, uh, Mr. Kirk for the Blue Jays is going wow. nuts. Go look him up, kids. And Trevino, like two uh, two names you, you didn't really talk about last year. Uh, Trevino for the Yanks and Kirk for the Blue Jays having big seasons. And then at DH, Jordan and Shohei. Um, That's uh, the Yankee yeah, he speaks to. They traded away Sanchez, right? And yep. a lot of people probably thought, wow, they're doing trading away their catcher all-star yeah. catcher and uh yeah. and then they've got a guy in the wings that they trust pretty cool exactly national league uh acuna mookie jock uh sterling Marte, and adam duvall uh in the outfield at third base manny machado and nolan arenado those two guys uh they're, they've just been studs all year pretty good at shortstop trey turner and dansby swanson um I, you can't can't knock the voters for for any of that. That's good stuff. Second base, Ozzy and Jazz uh, having yes. a big year there uh, in Miami. At uh, first base, Goldie and Pete Alonzo. And there's a great article in the Athletic that Ken Rosenthal just uh, dropped about Paul Goldschmidt, and it kind of talks about the little things you wouldn't realize about that dude. He, I mean, he's a he's he's a machine. He's a robot. Uh, and I think a lot of his um, coaches call him the big fundy because he is just all about fundamentals. But it breaks down how he runs the bases and, and how, he, how he hits the bag with a certain foot and a certain part of the bag with, with a certain foot um, and how he's got a notebook of, of years past of relievers that he's faced. And all of his teammates, have, you know, they have a great – breakdown of each pitcher but then they all go to goldie and they're like okay what's your breakdown what are your what does your notebook say um so i mean you've you've been in way more major league clubhouses than me but um you know but i'm sure i'm sure the name goldie has has uh been near your ears uh in in your clubhouse uh times eh yeah goldie's uh has that reputation of everything you just said, of being prepared, of being fundamentally sound and humble and hardworking. Uh, Tony La Russa has said that Goldschmidt's like his favorite player that he's ever been around. Um, and because uh, La Russa was in, I believe, the Diamondbacks front office for a bit. And yeah, uh, so he got to know him pretty well. And and it's it's pretty cool. And you talk about kids these days that don't want to be a tryhard. Well, everybody that you named on that all-star list, they're all tryhards. They try really hard and they care and, and they go for it and they're intentional and they're disciplined and they work extremely hard and they're extremely gifted. Um, they're focused, you know, and, uh, and now they're all-stars. So everybody wants to be an all-star, but very, very, very few people want to put in the work and the discipline and the focus and the ability to overcome adversity. Um, but that list of folks you just named, those are all, those are all dudes. And uh, yep. a lot of those guys have been doing it for a long time. Well, Goldie's front runner for MVP in the National League. And uh, I mean, Judge or Jordan right now in the American League. Catchers, Willie Contreras. And um, um, you've got uh, at DH, Bryce Harper. Hopefully he gets uh, healthy. And then uh, William Contreras, Wilson's, Wilson's uh, brother, uh, as well as uh, Darno. 
the Braves yeah. catcher. So uh, I think we'll have some more additions and uh, the pitchers are still to be named, but how about Mr. Gonsolin? Um, I mean, something, something from him before we uh, close up shop today, like you, you know, him. Uh, he's leading uh, baseball and ERA. Um, he's just, uh, God, he's nuts right now. Love Tony Gonsolin. Uh, I nicknamed him Ace three years ago when I met him. Uh, and it was to try to pour into him because he had this ability, but he didn't challenge hitters, right? So the thing I would always tell him is look at the best pitchers in the world. They give up solo home runs. Clayton Kershaw gives up solo home runs. Max Scherzer gives up solo home runs. Solo home runs are never going to beat you. But nibbling and getting in 3-0, 3-1, 2-0, 2-1 counts will kill you and walking guys. And all of a sudden it's a three run Homer instead of a solo Homer. Uh, and your pitch counts too high. So you can only go three innings instead of seven innings. Um, and this year it clicked. And uh, I mean, ace Gonsolin, dude, he's an ace. And, uh, and it's important as coaches or staff to identify that. Like I was, I, I saw that in it and everyone saw that in him, but like pour that into him, speak that into existence, you know, um, ace Gonsolin, super proud of him. Great, great human. Uh, he's quirky. He loves cats, um, but he's he's comfortable in his own skin. You know, he's not afraid to to give you this blank stare and uh, and wear, a, you know, a cat riding on a train in outer space shirt on Catterday. Yes, that's what Saturday that. is. You love that. Uh, and and I love Tony Gonson. I'm so proud of him. And um, now I got I got to give him a call and just, you know. I, but the thing is too, you don't want to like jinx it, right? You're like, just right. leave him be, leave, leave him be. I know trying and texted me and, and uh, told me that, you know, him and Ace were sitting down and, and they just wanted to text me, but it's, that's good stuff. it's just one of those things, dude, where that guy's got so much, I mean, that his split finger fastball. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause his, his velo, he's sitting probably 94, 95, but he can get it up to like 97, 99. So imagine that's like Tim Lincecum esque in his prime with that split. And the arm action on his split, um, his last outing, I don't know if you saw that, but some of those split fingers yeah. were just unbelievable. Bugs Bunny changeup where guys yeah. can get off two, two swings in one pitch. Um, really proud of him, and uh, he deserves it. He's a great dude. Tony's a great dude. So Ace Gonsolin. Uh, could very well be the starter in the All-Star game. Um, how was your fourth, man? What would you do? Fourth was good. We, we walked 30 seconds from the house to, uh, to Tommy Bader, Deb's twin brother. And, uh, That's the way to about do it. that is 20 or 30 folks out there out by the pool. Uh, we brought over an EGs, which a uh, big old tub of EGs, which you're not from Tucson. You probably don't know what that is, but it's basically, uh, otter pops. Yeah. Basically otter pops smushed up into a nice, like slushy. And, uh, yeah, so we brought over, uh, 50 servings of EGs. And uh, had burgers and hot dogs and, and hung out with friends. And, and then uh, it was great. Came home. That's the way to do How it. How about you? Yeah, we How thought about, about, oh, let's pack the kids into a plane and fly somewhere tropical. And we're like, no, we live in a vacation spot. Let's just chill. Uh, there was, uh, you know, right, right in our community, about a 30-second drive um, is a lot of our daughter's friends. They're all in this dance class. So, we just hung out with, with them and their folks and um, played cornhole and had a big potluck and fireworks. And it was, it was awesome, man. It, it, it is nice to kind of take stock of each July 4th, like, 
with with my kids and see how they're growing each year and um yeah it was easy we we just we hung out at the pool all weekend and um and this is kind of a week where I'll just be dad hang out and uh and and start the moving process I'll be going to the garage to start packing boxes when we say bye-bye here so uh um I, I get to be Mr. Dad this week and then back to coach ball game uh next week love Good. that yeah moving yeah, stuff buddy. man we, we used to have to do it every uh every six or eight months uh, moving back and forth from spring yeah. training to whatever city you're in then back. And so Deb's pretty pumped that this is the first time we, we haven't had to, and I say, we usually it was her, uh-huh. um, she hasn't had to move. So that's good. Uh, wow. It's nice. It's been nice being home. Well, it's, it's been nice chatting to you, chatting with you for a little bit. And for the listeners it. out there, um, we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll just, do our thing for the next two months coaching and and uh being dads but we'll crank it back up in september with our usual weekly pods and maybe we can get some more fresh guests in there um but i I appreciate you hanging with us uh through the off season here listeners and um yeah have have a great uh have a great summer get after it have a great summer rake every day random act of kindness Mm -hmm. every day appreciate you coach at a boy. At a boy.